We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Every child deserves a team. That's the belief behind Jigsaw Learning, a proud sponsor of the Bee Podcast Network. And it's why the company, founded by educators Curtis and Lorna Hewson, focuses on ensuring success for all learners through collaborative response an approach in which every child is supported by a team. Through customized professional learning that incorporates workshops, leadership development, online learning opportunities, and more, Jigsaw Learning can guide you every step of the way to create a plan to maximize the collective capacity in your schools. Learn more at jigsawlearning.ca. You know, when people wake up in the morning and they come to work, you want them to come with purpose, with intent and with passion. And to be the person that can light that, it's an important thing as a leader. And through whatever means possible and knowing your people on a different level is an important thing. Trusting them and in giving them the freedom to do their thing. Dr. Chris Jones here and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thought thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Craig Vogt has been married for 25 years to an educator, and he's the father of three beautiful girls. Craig has been in Bergenfield, New Jersey for 25 years with the last 10 as principal of Jefferson Elementary School. He's a former physical education teacher, supervisor of art, music, and phys ed, director of an alternative high school as well. Craig believes he has the privilege to work with the children of Bergenfield and thoroughly enjoys each day in this profession. You know, I've spoken for a while to Craig before the uh, show here, and uh, we just really hit it off. And I I think it's going to be a great show. I'm excited to have you on, Craig. So welcome. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. So I'm just going to start this off because of our conversation earlier. I'm excited to start hearing some of this and see where it goes. I'm just going to start this off, open up the whole can and say, uh, what are you passionate about in education? Well, Chris, you know, I'm, this is year 26 for me. And every day when my feet hit the floor, when I wake up, I'm fired up and excited to come to work and work with kids and work with teachers that are excited about working with kids. And uh, the last 10, I've been here at Jefferson School in Bergenfield. And it's been, I, I tell you, I've stepped in, in dreamland here. It's amazing. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. What do you think? I mean, you, you talk about being excited, jumping out of bed and 
you know, as leaders, we always talk about what, what's that thing that makes us jump out of bed every day and, and come in full of energy. What, what is that for you? Well, the, the newness of the day, you know, each day brings its new challenges and, you know, you want to see and watch kids uh, progress and, and improve every day, like what's over my shoulder here. And, that, and that's some of the things that we coach here is, is about taking those incremental improvements and us as the adults in the room modeling that improvement for the kids. And, you know, whether it's the morning announcements uh, that we do from my office here, where we're trying to pitch that type of message each day on how we can get better at something. That's, that's, that's what I'm, I'm really excited about. You know, it's funny that you mentioned how we get better every day, because I think that's something that, that many of us struggle with, right? The idea of, Hey, when am I good enough? When, when have I done enough? And that coupled with modeling it for kids is such an important thing in, in every building, right? Because that's what we want students to do to keep striving. How do you get that to your teachers? Because you can jump out of bed and be excited because you thoroughly believe, you know, hey, one inch more every single day. How do you get your teachers to buy into that? Do you, do you have some specific things or? You know, we've done a lot of work in that area in terms of like our, our observations and our evaluations. And over the last 10 years, this has improved greatly where in the beginning, teachers would say, did I, did I do that right? Was, did I teach it the right way? And then really trying to go back and be reflective in their own practices. And we talk about ideas on how to do things a little bit differently to maybe incorporate more student voice and choice, let's just say as an example, and lessons. And, and when teachers can look, and, and a lot of this improvement every day has been part of that reflective piece, Chris, where, where we can talk about teaching and we talk about learning and we look at ourselves as teachers to say, hey, my wheelhouse might be math, but I want to I want to become I want to become a better I want to become a better reading teacher, let's just say. And those things are very important in the process where we can look at look at those specific areas and go, oh hey, I, I know my wheelhouse is math, but I want to listen to what Craig's saying or what the reading specialist is saying on how to become a better teacher of reading. That's kind of how we're doing it. Hey, I, good teaching is good teaching, right? You don't have to be, you don't have to be a math teacher to see good practices in a math classroom, right? Or to understand what's really affecting people. You know, the idea of reflective practice. Sometimes people can argue that that's a type of person. Um, and I, I've heard them argue the difference between, is that something that can be cultivated or is that something that you have to find in people? Well, I think, I think part of that is, is through good conversation and learning about one of the things that, you know, as a building leader, I try to do is make sure I have conversations with everybody a little bit each day. Right. So you get you, you, you gain that information about the people that come work with you each day and you ask, you just ask questions. You know, it's like, Chris, how's your you know, how are your parents doing, Chris? And you start talking, you know, I remember they came down to visit and you start having a conversation that you show that you're listening and you're learning about them. And then when it comes time to really start talking about the teaching piece and, and then we look at, OK, I saw that you did it this way here. How would you do it differently? And then you start getting into that conversation of just, I'm not, you know, where teachers aren't thinking, well, this is how I do it. You know, this is, this is how I've always done it. Nobody's messed with me before. 
but we get in that dialogue where we can engage people on, on, well, hey, let's give us some thought. Let's, let's be courageous. What are you afraid of? You're afraid of me. I'm giving you the go ahead. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, you know, right. You know, you know, step out on that branch, man. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. So, so these are the things that I've really tried to do. Am I, am I there yet where this place is humming, you know, on, on, no, it's, it, that's a process too. I, I love that you just talked about continuous improvement and small steps and then looked at yourself and said, Hey, am I there yet? No, I've got progress to make. <laughs> and, and that's the stuff that like keeps you up at night, right? You're driving home at yeah. night and, I can remember, I can, I can remember being, you know, with the other principals asking, I don't know about you guys, but am I doing this right? Give me some feedback. You guys watch me, right? And because you really want to make sure you, you are doing it right. And that's a, that's a teacher question too. But I think the dialogue is the important piece when, when you can talk about processes and you talk about practices, nothing to do with the results yet, Right looking at how the processes affect results down the line. And that was one of our themes this year, Chris, in all honesty, was, was coming back, you know, at, well, we're still in the pandemic, but getting all the kids back in the building here is, what do we do when we have such wide discrepancies where kids are? Let's look at our processes and how we're doing things. And, and that takes me modeling being reflective. And then when you go into the classroom, trying to dig it out of the teachers to say, hey, what do you think here? If, if, if that's not working, what do you think we should do different? It sounds like you're saying, uh, just to make sure I've got it right and that the people listening to this have it right, little dialogue here and there is, is the key, is what's important. But it's personal before practice, before process, which leads to your outcomes. A hundred percent, because I think that connection with your teacher on a personal level, when when because you know, you look at it, right? You have your staff and we look at it we're like, hey, we're all trying to raise kids together, right? And so, so you know about my family because I share about my family. I know about your family because we talk to each other about what's going on in our lives. Because when the big stuff happens, it affects, affects our buildings. When someone passes away, someone, you know, needs to go to a wedding somewhere and you got to have some pliability on, on, on what you're doing. And you make these personal connections, then it becomes the time when you have those conversations. It makes the conversations about teaching and learning that much easier because you trust one another. Right. And then you can start looking at and talking about the processes of, of how you teach, how you teach that lesson or run your classroom. Just like now, if I asked you to come in and just give me feedback on how, my processes and how I run my building. You know what I mean? Because, but that makes you vulnerable, but it also gives you the ability to, you know, connect with people and you can learn. And and that's the hardest part about learning, right? Because you have to be vulnerable. You have to admit that you don't have the answers. Exactly. Agreed. So what, what advice would you give to leaders that are hearing and, you know, you look all over social media and all you hear is teachers are exhausted and you know, the, the snack trade doesn't work. That's not what they're looking for. How do you move forward or what advice would you give to leaders moving forward to dig into those conversations with teachers to continually build that trust, but to move forward? I think it all centers around what your philosophy is as an educator um, and what your philosophy is for your building and to stay true to that 
you know, we can empathize with our teachers when they say they're tired because we are tired. You're tired. I'm tired. We're, all, we're tired. That's not a unique issue that we're facing. But to the point of getting back to our philosophy on why we do what we do is, is, is so integral and in, in the importance of what we get out of uh, the results of school. And I think that's a big, big thing is that it centers into our inner philosophy on why we teach. And, and that's that's something that I can remember being at Springfield College and how that was ingrained in us here about your philosophy facilitates the making of all your decisions, you know. <laughs> so, so those things there help you help teachers and the little things through the personal connections with teachers where you can help them. Whether, you know, we get a free moment, we come down to visit the class to go, hey, do me a favor, go take 10 minutes. I got them for a little bit, you know, and, and, and I'll continue to what you're doing. You know, if you need a restroom break, you need to grab a cup of coffee, whatever you need to do, I got it. I try to do that as much as I can. And, and does it help? I think so. I haven't necessarily asked for feedback about it, but it's, you know, but it's something that you want to be there for people, especially when you know the struggle. Yeah. And I mean, that comes to, well, I mean, first of all, before I answer that, I, I have to say, did you just give a shout out to Springfield College? I did. I did. You <laughs> caught that. You caught yeah. that, right? <laughs> Proud <laughs> alumni. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So much of what you're saying is the idea of being proactive as a leader. But the only way you can do that in so many situations is knowing your teachers. So like if you're going down the hallway and you see, you know, Mrs. Jones and because you know Mrs. Jones, maybe she's got something going on in her in her personal life outside that you know about because you know her situation or you can just you can just read her and you can look at her and say, "You know what, Mrs. Jones, what? You want to take 10 minutes? I, you know, I've got 10 minutes on my schedule. I can take your class for 10 minutes and kind of step in." Honestly, Chris, it was I want to say 2 weeks ago. My phys ed teacher came in so upset and, and crying. He just lost a family member. And I had kids in the gym unattended, you know. I, I immediately sold them, went in. I took the kids. I said, you take the time you need. I took his class. I took his next class. We sent him home. And we try, you try to figure it out. And these are the things that on the spot that happened, you go, Wait a minute, you know, and it's like you got to make that decision quick. Yeah, and and everything because you have those relationships, which then leads into the trust. I mean, it's all tied together. You make sure you do that, and that takes priority to anything else that happens to be on your schedule during the course of the day. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, circling back to something you had said earlier, or something I had asked you earlier about that other side of the argument of do people have that, or is it something intentional that you do to to have people improving every day? If you say you, inter, you know, the interview process is important and you, you think you have that person. And then after you see them a little while, you realize that you might not have that person. That person might not that have that drive to just continually improve, take that one step more each day. We're in the business of education. So it's not like we just say goodbye to that person. Right. What are some of the things you can do? Because I'm, I'm thinking that you may have run into situations like this. What are some of the things you can do to help that person get to that point? I think a big piece of that is to continue, especially if there were they were my top pick recommendation to hire them. And so they understand why I believed in them, number one, and what I feel they have to offer the children 
because if you see things that you're concerned about, that becomes a, a separate conversation where we talk about this and go, hey, what was your mindset when that happened? What were you thinking? You know, just so I can learn a little bit about your processes. And to get them to try to take a look, you know, I, I always I did this today with a staff member. Hey, you know, we look at it through this lens, now look at it through their lens, that that type of thing, right? And I understand why you made the decision here, but let's take it from the other side and let's think about what was the better way to do it, because that becomes more of a uh, the more important piece that you might have missed in that decision. And those immediate connections are or those immediate conversations, I think, become the most important things when you want correction, because I, I, I my expectations are this. You're here every day because your presence matters. The second thing is, is you know, you you do everything possible to get kids to improve each day, and you know, and you do the best you possibly can. And you know, and everybody makes mistakes. And you look and go, yeah, I get what you're saying. I understand. I see it differently now. Perfect. Guess what? We shouldn't have the same conversation again. You know what I mean? I want to. I want to see. I want to see that type of 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 decision-making, but those, those are, those, those are examples that I think are, are very important. Yeah. You know, and it makes me think when you're talking, I, it's uh it's the last school I was principal of, we would have our interview process and we'd, we'd include students on the panel and things like that. But then the last part of the interview process for the couple finalists that it got narrowed down to is they'd come in and teach a class mm-hmm. and we would, we would watch them teach a class, interact with students and things like that. And I remember specifically a teacher leaving and we walk him out and I talked to the teacher and said, well, you know, what did, what did you think about that? How, how do you think you did? And I know that it's a different setup because it's an interview. They're not going to say, oh man, I'm terrible. Right. But I was just looking for a little bit of reflection because the overall the lesson was okay. And, but there were some things that they could have tweaked to make a little better, completely unaware of the things they could have tweaked to make it a little better as we were walking out. And so that, that threw up some red flags. But then as we looked at some of the other candidates, we ended up going for this candidate. And wouldn't you know it, the biggest area where they struggled the most was reflecting on their practice. And that became, that became an issue. Right. The, the idea that I, I do it this way. I've, I've always done it this way. And, and uh, it works. You know, I taught it. Why didn't you learn it type of thing? That became an issue that they didn't look at that. Yeah. I, I, it's a quick story here. My, my fifth grade, te- one of my fifth grade teachers here, one of the biggest reasons she got a job is because she student taught here. And she was a little bit older when she went back to school to student teach and she was married and had, had a couple young kids. But she knocked on my door, came in, shook my hand and said, do you have a moment? Because I really would love to talk to you about the opportunity to student teach here. That caught my attention right away. I said, oh my gosh, you're awesome. Number one. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, who does that? And so now you got my undivided attention. And she had the innate skill of, you ever been around people where you want to know what they're going to say next is, you know, and you, that's, I, I look, that's one of my biggest thing in teachers where when you look and you, you're like, all right, what are they going to say next? What are they going to do next? And they have that dynamic skill there. She had it. She had it. 
So we're in the interview process now. All the principals were involved and we're going to hire four or five teachers. And her name came up and we had we had one of the principals go, I don't like how she did turn and talk. And they said, what? <laughs> I said, time out, time out. All right. So when we talk about the it factor, let's look at the it factor, right? right. She's good. Every kid in that class is going to look at her and go, teach me whatever you're going to do. I want to know what you got to say. I said, she's my top pick. I'll take her then. <laughs> I'll, I'll fix the turn and talk. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Can always work on that. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that brings up, and you've talked about this a lot, is the idea of, of reflecting and mm -hmm. reflective practice and reflecting on what we're doing. I do want to talk about that, but I think that's going to be a little bigger, bigger topic. So what, I, what I'd like to do is take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and then come right back. You got it. Today's podcast is sponsored by Better Leaders, Better Schools, the podcast that inspired me to start this one. Since 2015, the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast has released hundreds of episodes with millions of downloads. Subscribe and listen each week to great conversations on the topic of school leadership. I use Anchor to distribute the Seeing to Lead podcast because I find it to be the best tool to suit my busy schedule. Anchor has everything I need all in one place, offers hands-free distribution to everywhere podcasts are heard, and is free to use. I can use anywhere from some to all of its features based on what I need at the time. On top of all that, you can be mobile, recording, editing, and distributing all right from your phone. You can also easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Okay, and we're back with Craig. And, you know, before we left, we were talking about how a lot of your answers, Craig, have to do with reflecting. And I think reflection is so important and it's something that needs to be learned. It doesn't just happen to us, but it doesn't always mean we spend an hour looking back at what we've done and thinking about what we want to do in the future. It could be two minutes. And that makes me think of the importance of the difference between responding to a situation or reacting to a situation. So you, you have anything about that or? Yeah, I, I think issues come up during a school day that are, are so different. And as issues come to us, there's usually emotion tied to those situations that come our way and how we react and how we respond are, are very important. And, I really think that, you know, our one of our key traits as leaders is how well we keep our poise and how we react to situations. And then that it, would, it wouldn't be brought to our attention if it wasn't important to the person bringing it to us. And, you know, your chance to reflect on that and understand that. And it's taken time for me to get better at that versus wait, well, this is not a principal level decision that I, I shouldn't, you know, you're a teacher, you got this type of thing. That can happen after math when, you know, the time comes, but your ability to react accordingly, respond appropriately in, in situations is a big thing. And it could be as little as a, a flare up in a classroom, uh, a teacher student discrepancy, lunchtime recess issue, whereas no matter what, everything's, everything's okay because we're going to keep our poise and we're going to handle it. But, you know, 
and and I've learned to improve in my reactions and my responses over time because you know we're we're people too, and our frustrations can come out in terms of how we react because we need our staff to know that we got them, you know no matter what we we have their back in this situation. So so those are the things that that are very important uh, in that process in 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 rea- reactions and responses to situations that come up and then you tie it all together in a conversation about hey let's talk about what happened here you know how did that come about you know and and that discussion with with a teacher the staff member is i don't know meatier let's just say and you can really get into some things based upon what you saw as a leader right and you know and the whole idea, what I, what you're talking about is, you know, with having teachers back is showing that you support teachers in their endeavors and what they do. And then the whole idea of, you know, you've got this, you make that decision, it doesn't need to get to me. That's so empowering to teachers. That allows teachers to know that they have decision-making authority. Right. And, and you think about that too, decision-making in their teaching as well. And because what happens is they're like, a child threw something across the room. You need to see the principal. Wait a minute. You can handle that. I trust you. Yeah. And, and remember, that doesn't have to come. I don't have to make that decision for you on how you handle that as well of like how we craft our lessons. If you want to take your lesson and spin it, try something new, you have the freedom to do that. And then you can always reflect back on how did it go? Was it good? Do I like how it went? Do I want to take it in a different path? And and that's that's I, that should be empowering for teachers. Absolutely. And, you know, I love what you said about, all right, so I handle this in the classroom, but then I kind of get the idea that I can do that with my lesson. And if I want to adjust something or, or a change away, I'm crafting my lesson, then I'm empowered to do that and make that decision. The important piece of that, that sometimes goes unsaid, but I think, and I think, <laughs> is one of the issues with empowerment, because that issue is on both ends. So, Leaders sometimes have trouble empowering teachers or those they serve because they're not happy with the result and they're not ready to accept the result. So if I if I give somebody the power to do something, then I can't go back on my word and say, "Oh, well, I would have done it this way." So it's got it's not up to snuff. I have to accept the outcome. I have to own the outcome. Right. Just like teachers, if they're doing that, they have to own the outcome. So, and that that sometimes is a scary thing. Absolutely. You know, you look at it. One of the, one of the things that, that we talk about now is know, you know, like know you're 20 or know you're 24 or know whatever number of kids you got in there. In a sense, knowing their resting heart rate because <laughs> you know them that well, right? Right. And being able to be, you know, your own bus driver in your classroom. And I always go about it to say, if you're doing something really cool and you want me to see it, Invite me, you know, let me know, because I'm not sure exactly when it's going to occur, but I'd be more than happy to come in and sit and watch. And it's something that you're going to have fun with. And and if it's okay, if it's not written on line four of the curriculum <laughs> map, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. It's all good. It's all good. And, and because a lot of times educators fall into the trap sometimes when they, they teach the way they were taught or they want to make sure that whatever it says on the curriculum app, I'm there. And it's like, come on. I mean, 
use your spirit, use your freedom, use your style and do your thing. So it's important. Yeah. Own it a little bit. Yeah. Step up and own it. Yeah. So we're getting near the end of this. And there, there's two questions I ask every guest though. So I've got to ask you these two questions. One's about you and one's about everybody else. So uh, if you were not a leader, who, not what would you be and why? Ooh, you know, I, I would be somewhere in the helping profession. I think that's because I'm wired to do it, whether it was in the medical field or, or somewhere that, that I would want to get out there and help people because that's, that's kind of how I operate. I've always been that way. It's my personality. Uh, I want to, I want to connect with people and, and, and make sure that idea of, you know, am I making a difference some way towards the mission? Gee, I wonder why you're a leader. (laughs) (laughs) Making a difference towards the, towards the mission. I, I, I love it. And this is for, this is the, the piece for all the listeners What's the most important piece of advice you would give to leaders as they work to improve how they support, engage, and empower their teachers? Well, and I think I said it before is, is, you know, when people wake up in the morning and they come to work, you want them to come with purpose, with intent, uh, and with passion. And to be, be the person that kind of, that can like that, it's an important thing as a leader. And through whatever means possible and, and, and knowing your people on a, on a different level is an important thing. Trusting them and, and giving them the freedom to do their thing is, is probably my best advice here. And because even, especially in this field, if a lesson doesn't work on a Tuesday afternoon in, in December, so what? There's a Wednesday afternoon, December two the next day and it's okay. And it's okay. And, and I think that that's part of the beauty of education here is, is, you know, tomorrow's a new day. We can, you know, there wasn't irreparable harm on anything that occurred here today and we'll be okay. But trying to ignite the passion in people is, is, is fun as a, as a leader. And that's what keeps it going. Awesome. I can't, I mean, you've said so much and of course, you know, you said, well, I probably said this before and you did, but. Uh, I learned something a long time ago about communicating. And if you want to effectively communicate, I learned two things actually, which that's pretty cool. If I learned something, I, um, I learned that the best way to communicate when you're talking to somebody is to tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them what you want to tell them, and then tell you, tell them what you told them. So it's all right that you said the same thing. It just means that it's important. Um, And then the other piece I just recently learned was, um, right at the point where you think you've said something too much and too many times is when people are starting to hear it. That's a great point. That's a great point. Look, you've said some, you've said some really great things. You've touched on some, on some great topics about building relationships and listening and, and how to get people to think about continually improving. I can't imagine somebody's not going to want to get in touch with you. So what's the best way to reach you? I would say email, Chris, uh, that that's, that's probably the best way. Uh, it's cvot, V-O-G-T, at bergenfield.org. Okay. And I will, uh, I'll definitely put that in the show notes. And um, do you, do you, are you on Twitter? You're on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Twitter and it's at crvote68. Perfect. 
All right. Well, hey, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on. I, I think uh, you've given a lot of value to the listeners today. So I, I really appreciate having you. Oh, Chris, it's been a pleasure and I really appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at Dr. C.S. Jones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Learn more at drcsjones.blog. Continue to improve and go have a successful week. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Jigsaw Learning. Whether you lead at the school, district, or division level, you're serving a wide array of students, and you know that no one person has all the answers when it comes to meeting each of their needs. That's why Jigsaw Learning helps leaders and their staff and faculty to develop a collaborative approach. Every child deserves a team. And when you put together the pieces of effective collaboration, you can realize that team's full potential. Connection, relationships, and authentic collaboration are at the foundation of Jigsaw Learning's work. Through professional learning presented on-site, online, or a blend of both, Jigsaw's team of experienced learning associates works with you to develop a personalized plan to help collaborative response thrive in your organization. Learn why educators have described working with Jigsaw Learning as powerful, wonderful, and beneficial for all students. Visit jigsawlearning.ca and connect with the team for information. That's jigsawlearning.ca. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.